Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back to a brand new DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you're all doing well and thank you as always for being here. It's great to have you along for a bit of F1 chat and discussion. And in this episode, we thought we'd try something a little bit different. If you cast your memory back to, I think it was this time last year or sometime last year, we did an episode where we predicted the 2026 grid. Now, of course, we're going to have to react to that at some point, but we're not going to do that, of course, until next year at least. However, we figured it'd be a good opportunity to do a prediction for the 2025 grid. Now, we've heard and seen a few people try and do this already. Reflecting on 2024, we know that the 2024 grid will be exactly the same as it was at the end of 2023. Now, whilst that's never happened before in Formula One history, I'm pretty confident that we're going to see some changes heading into the 2025 season. I'll be very surprised if the 2024 grid carries over into 2025 without a few changes. But joining me on this episode, as always, to discuss this particular topic and all things F1, we've got Lee Wallington on the DNF1 panel for this one. Lee, first of all, thanks for coming on again. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you um, for asking, Adam. Um, and I hope you are as well. Yeah, I am. Thanks for asking. And I'm looking forward to this one. This could be quite an interesting discussion because um, I remember when we did the 2026 grid predictions and there was quite a bit of variance from us in terms of what we yeah. were going for. As I said, I can't fully remember what we did. I'm looking forward to pre- to reacting to that one next year. Um, I'm pretty sure all of our lists are going to be absolutely dreadful. I'm pretty sure Courtney's is probably feeling the same way about this one. I remember a few of mine, but not all of them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, I think it'd be fun to do a 2025 grid prediction. And something tells me we're probably going to be a little better at this one, knowing we're only predicting a year in advance rather than what we did when we were like two or three years in advance. So uh, we might as well get started. And please do play along if you are listening to this one as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think the 2025 grid is going to look like. But the first team I wanted to cover, Lee... 
And this is a team that I think there's going to be no changes, so I wanted to bring them up first, and that's Mercedes. I am very confident, after both of them signing new medium-term deals up to the end of 2025, that we're going to have a Hamilton-Russell lineup at Mercedes. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I would agree. Obviously, the, the contract's in place, and the, but we know contract me is actually quite meaningless in the world of Formula 1. Um, but I think it's very likely that they'll both be there, um, at least for 25. Yeah, I think from people that I've been listening to that have done similar things to us in this regard, and from my own thoughts, I thought this was probably the only Stonewall one where I just think, unless something crazy happens of epic proportions that none of us could see coming... I'm pretty confident that Hamilton and Russell will be in the Mercedes car in 2025. That's why I wanted to do that one first. I'm hoping a lot of you guys agree, but if you don't, do let me know, of course. But don't forget to leave us a five-star review whilst you're at it as well. We'd really appreciate that on your favourite pod platform. So first things firstly, now that we've covered Mercedes, the easy one, let's get into the meat of this one and try to see how we do. Red Bull. Now, we know Max Verstappen currently has a deal up until, was it the end of 2028 at the moment? So I think it's very likely he'll be in that car until at least, well, at least 2025 at least. So um, I'm pretty certain he's there. But what about the second seat? Who do you think is going to be in that seat alongside Max Verstappen? Assuming you agree with me that Max is definitely going to be in that car next season. I think Max will be in that car next season. I do agree with you on that. Well, that's a good start. Um, I was worried there for a sec. <laughs> but the second seat, uh, I my prediction is it's going to be Daniel Ricciardo um, alongside Max. Okay. Care to uh, elaborate on this one? Why is Daniel Ricciardo, in your opinion, going to be in that Red Bull in 25? Uh, I love Sergio as a character, as a personality, as a driver. Um, but he failed to or yes he delivered what the team w- wanted from him but he failed to raise his game against max and obviously every driver thinks they're the best in the world and could be their teammate and the max effect is quite debilita- um, debilitating and i mean the max effect that he's a world champion he's relentless he's skillful and the constant onslaught just re- removes the confidence from driving once you lose the confidence you start overdriving and you start making mistakes and your driving gets worse and worse. And I think we're starting to see the max effect on Sergio. And I'm hoping the championship's closer this year than last year. And if that kind of gap that happened between Max and Sergio occurs in a closer championship, that could affect Red Bull's instructor's position. And I think the team will have enough if they have, for example, just... So they lose the constructors because Sergio isn't scoring a high enough points. And there's Mercedes, there's Ferraris, there's McLarens, and there's the Martins in the middle. Like we saw several times last year when Red Bull by far had the best car. They, the team will be annoyed and they have it. And I think Daniel is, again, is a known quantity. He impressed the team through the trial runs and the few races he had last year. A full season under his belt at, um, for the, whole, uh, at the Visa Cash at well, whatever the name of the team is now. Uh, but, you know, uh, Alpha Tari, um, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, um, uh, have full season on the belt. He'll impress and he'll be returning to the Red Bull Racing. 
Um, that's my prediction. Yeah, I mean, look, no offense, but Visa Cash App Red Bull, that is by far the worst team name yeah. I think I've ever come across. And look, we've heard some predictions for some really random ones, depending on whichever sponsor was going to take over from Alpha Tauri from that team. I mean, oh, why can't they just go back to being Toro Rosso? It's what yeah. we all want. Just be Toro Rosso, you know, not for the nostalgia, but it's what we all want. So, I don't know, you know, not for me to say, I guess, but that's my two cents on it. But um, it's an interesting one, isn't it, the uh, the situation at Red Bull? Because that second seat, whilst it may be potentially one of the most prized seats in the sports, it also carries a bit of a element of a poison chalice that we've seen where you're up against Max Verstappen. You're in a car that it is very hard to get on top of. But of course, the reward is great in that if you can get on top of it, you are going to do very, very well. I mean, Perez, to his defence, wasn't fantastic, but I think he still won. Was it two or three Grand Prix? I think it was yeah. two. And, you know, okay, he didn't come... Uh, did he come second in the championship? Yeah, he did. Yeah. For a minute, I almost forgot. Um, so, you know, there is still that element there that, for me, that is quite enticing for that seat. Ricardo is an interesting choice, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this probably would have put down Daniel Ricardo in the second seat for good reason as well. It will be interesting to see how he fares in the AlphaTauri. This is all the Visa cash out Red Bull. Never going to get used to saying that. Racing Bull. Uh, Racing Bull. Yeah, they should have just stuck with that. But of course, they've got to make some money from it, Red Bull. It's what yeah. they do. So, um, not the only team of doing it, but, you know, fair enough. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but my point being is, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see how Ricardo gets on. In a full season, of course, there was a lot of injuries going on that really hampered him and he only had half a season to begin with after taking over from Nick DeVries. I, for that reason, Lee, I'm going to be boring and I think Red Bull are going to stick with Perez for another year after that. Now, it sounds crazy uh, and I'm sure a lot of people yeah. probably think, what are you doing? Surely Perez is out. You yourself were saying six months ago that Perez was probably out at the end of the season. I think what Red Bull are looking for now Seeing as they have by far the fastest car on the grid, they've got the best driver in the world right now in Max Verstappen. He is showing new levels of dominance that we've never seen before. And I only expect that to continue from him, unfortunately. I think Red Bull, whilst they have that part secured, they're looking for some stability. Now, I know Perez doesn't provide stability at this point in time, as you may think he does. But when you look at the facts, he finished runner-up last season. And this was a Sergio Perez that wasn't driving to the utmost complete capacity that he's capable of. For that reason, that means there's probably more to come from him or he can do better, perhaps, in the car next season with a bit more knowledge and experience. Maybe Red will be able to tailor it a bit more to what he would like or maybe he can adjust his style a bit better. Um, I know towards the back end of last season, you know, we were seeing signs of that. I just think Red Bull are in a position right now where... They don't have an obvious choice that is available to them. I don't think they 100% trust Ricardo in that Red Bull seat alongside Max. And, and as you pointed out, Lee, it's about protecting Max. And if it's closer next season, they're going to want someone in, or close in 2025, they're going to want someone in there that they know is likely to at least give Max cover. And I know Perez hasn't provided that. I still think, given the options available, he's more likely to do that than Ricardo. Unless Ricardo has a great 2024 in the Alpha Tauri or Visa Cash App Red Bull, whatever you want to call it, I still think Perez is going to be that man. And I think more importantly, because 
2026, I think McLaren, uh, sorry, not McLaren, Red Bull are going to be looking at their options. They're already looking at someone like Lando Norris right now. He's got a contract up until the end of 2025. I don't see any feasible amount of money, unless we're talking hundreds of millions of pounds here, where McLaren are going to consider letting him leave his contract early. I just don't see that happening. Oscar Piastri has a contract up until the end of 2026. For the same reason, I can't see McLaren letting him go early other than for a mega fee. I think those are the two drivers that Red Bull are looking at potentially to replace Sergio Perez, whether that be in 25 or 26. I can't see either of those happening until 2026 at the very, very least. And I don't think Red Bull trust Ricardo enough. I don't think they trust Lawson. I don't think they trust Sonoda. I don't really think there's anyone else that they would want to have in that seat for a year just to put their ideal driver which is one of the two McLaren drivers, in my opinion. So I think for that reason, Lee, long story side, I'm going to be boring and say Red Bull will offer Perez another year deal, providing, of course, 2024 goes reasonably well. If he has a catastrophic year, then fair enough, they may make that change. But I think if he has a reasonable year and finishes top three in the Drivers' Championship, assuming Max wins it again, I think that'll be enough to keep him in that seat. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I, I do agree with your caveat that I think it all depends on his performance this year. Mm. So just to keep check, I've gone, we've both gone Verstappen and I've gone Perez in the second seat. You've gone Ricardo in the second seat. Let's move on to Ferrari. Now, I'm going to go first and I'm going to be boring again. I think Ferrari keep their lineup of Leclerc and Sainz. Now, quick one on Charles Leclerc. There have been a lot of stories going around by a lot of reliable journalists. This isn't just your everyday rumour that Charles Leclerc has agreed a new deal with Ferrari until 2029. I strongly believe that to be true. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see if that is true or not. So I'm going to put Leclerc in that car, definitely. The other seat, obviously, Carlos Sainz. Now, for me, the reason why I'm putting Carlos Sainz in here right now is... He is a driver that I think a lot of teams are keeping tabs on. I think Red Bull may even keep tabs on him, maybe, although I'm not sure how much they'd want to put signs in that car alongside Max again after their history at Toro Rosso. Aston Martin, I'm sure, are keeping tabs on signs to potentially replace Alonso in the future. So I don't know if 2025 is too soon for that. And then, of course, we've got Audi, which at this point in time is called Stake uh, before Audi coming in 2026. I... I think Stake is potentially the one that entices signs the most to build that team around him as the number one driver. And I think they need a high profile driver in that car for 2026 when Audi come in. But I just feel that from what Audi might be telling signs to do, or maybe they're feeding to signs. I think if signs has got his ear to the ground and I'm sure he does, and I'm sure his father does as well, as well as his entourage, they will know that Audi are not, prepared to put any investment into this F1 team that as it exists in its current entity or current point in time, they're not willing to put any money in until 2026 when they regain full shareholdership of it at the moment. And for that reason, I don't see Audi being competitive in 2026. I think it's more likely that in 2027 they'll be stronger. And I just don't see why sides would give up a seat of Ferrari to go somewhere for two years without there being a guarantee of it working out and to, when we get to that point in 2027. And I know people saying, well, there's contract discussions going on with Ferrari and Sainz wants a longer term deal and Ferrari want him on a shorter term deal. 
I think both parties eventually will meet in the middle and actually think, you know what, the best thing for both parties is to stick with what we got. And for that reason, that's why I'm sticking with Leclerc and Sainz at Ferrari. I just don't see why Sainz would leave Ferrari yet. And I don't see why Ferrari would lose Sainz in 2025. It makes no sense. Yeah, um, I got to admit, I was pondering the same reasoning that you've just explained. Um, I, I definitely agree that I think it's very likely that Charles will extend. However, my prediction is the opposite of what you said, and that Carlos will go to stake for 25 um, and sacrifice the season to get himself embedded in the team for the Audi takeover in 26. I think that's a fair point. And, you know, even though it's the contrary to what I've just said, why I don't think that would work out, it's no, it's obvious that, um, you know, Audi are going to want their top guy in 2026 in that car in 2025. They're going to want to embed him in the setup. If they have to take a year of pain at stake just for the sake of getting them in there, getting them comfortable, then I'm sure they'll be able to entice someone to do that. I just, I'm as I said, I'm just not convinced that whoever's going in that car is going to be competitive at least until 2027. Um, yeah. So nice to see we've got some variation on that one, but let me know, guys, what your thoughts well, are. So just to confirm, at Ferrari... I need to make my second prediction for Ferrari before you... Oh, I thought summarize. you'd gone with Leclerc. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. No, I mean, these two drivers, Adam. I thought <laughs> you'd gone with Leclerc for some reason, but uh, no, please do. Lucas. No, I mean, Leclerc is to stay, but Carl, if in my prediction, which we'll obviously get back to, Carlos is leaving, there's oh. a second seat. Do you know what? I'm having an absolute mare right now. You you go on, ignore me, as everyone um, else does. <laughs> and my juicy, non-boring one is Alex Albon. Ah, Ferrari. yes. I like it. I like it. Why Albon? Well, uh, firstly, since arriving at Williams, he has been doing some amazing drives and putting that car where it should not be um, and completely outdriving his teammates. Um, so he's on the he's on the, the radar of several teams about his development and his and obviously his growing profile in the sport. Um, and the and my prediction is Carlos will walk, walk from the team and they want someone with the up and coming ability. And Alex, I think, brings everything they want as a number two driver to support Charles. I don't think they want that kind of rivalry that. No, it's not a rivalry. It's the wrong word. But the headbutting that Charles and Carlos sometimes have because they believe they are obviously better than each other. And I'm sure Alex thinks he's better than Charles. But he's going to be a very solid driver. Um, and yes, he may think he's um, he'd be number one. But if people take a chance to get into that Ferrari seat. Ferrari also know that he's driven for Red Bull. So he knows how the team works. He's driven for... Williams, which obviously have heavy links to Mercedes and um, Bowers and the, the stuff he can bring from uh, that exposure um, to as a team principal into Ferrari. And it's a lot of potential knowledge transfer that Ferrari would like to get hold of from Alex regarding those work environments. Um, on top of, obviously, they get the stuff from engineers. I'm not saying it's a massive fountain of knowledge, but I think Alex is a very enticing driver and I think uh, Ferrari will uh, sign Alex to be Join them in 25. It's an interesting one because I was considering Alex Albon myself for that <laughs> second seat before I decided to play safe and stick with Carlos Sainz. Um, I mean, 
Alex Albon, he had a great 2023. And I'm convinced that 2025, he is going somewhere. And I think a lot of bigger teams are keeping tabs on him because he could be an option for a number two seat somewhere. And I know Ferrari, for years, they always go on about how there's no number one and two. There's always both drivers on equal footing. But we all know that they've put their eggs in the Leclerc basket quite emphatically. And if this new contract regarding Charles Leclerc for 2029 is confirmed, that only strengthens the point in that they're definitely back in Leclerc. I, however, feel that at this point in time, Ferrari, they're in a bit of a stalemate with Carlos Sainz and his reps over a new deal. I'm just convinced and of the opinion that they will realise what an asset they currently have in Carlos and they will eventually come round to doing what they need to do to keep him. As much as I like Alex Albon, and as good as I think he is, I, I think that's a downgrade from Ferrari. And I just feel that what you're losing in a driver like Sainz um, and the harmony, even though there are sometimes tensions, I suppose, between him and Leclerc, they complement each other quite well within the yeah. team. And I just don't think that in order to preserve that team unit at Ferrari with Albon, I think you lose something in overall current ability of these drivers. Um and that's not, not that's no disrespect to Alex Albon. I just I just wouldn't if I had to compare which one I'd rather have, I'd always back Carlos Sainz. I think you can get more from him overall than Alex Albon. But uh, that's my two cents on that one. So just to confirm, now that we've both given our Ferrari lineup, and I do apologize for almost forgetting to include your first driver Lee, um or second driver in this case. Uh, I've gone for Leclerc and Sainz, so same there, and Lee has gone for Leclerc and Alex Albon. So it'll be interesting to see where some of these other drivers end up later on. Let's do McLaren. Lee, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Who's driving for McLaren in 2025? Same lineup. I've gone same lineup as well. Boring. We're <laughs> <laughs> both boring. Well, they've got contracts, but. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like, all the reasons, like, people will say, oh, you know, you guys have just gone safe with this one, but. McLaren right now, they've obviously got this new technical structure that they've got in with Andrea Stella leading it. And then you've got Peter Pedromu, uh, Rob Marshall, David Sanchez, uh, you know, going on there now. They made some big strides in 2023. I'm sure they're going to have a very strong 2024 as well. The wind tunnel is online. The simulator is online. Everything's going in the ascendancy for McLaren. I just don't see why Lando Norris or Oscar Piastri would want to move on unless someone crazy like Red Bull comes in and offers them that second seat. And even then, I think it's going to be hard to pry them in 2025. It's going to cost them a lot of money. And I think, this is what I said before, I don't see Norris at least going to Red Bull until at least 2026, if it happens, because I don't see Red Bull... I think Red Bull would rather wait a year and bring him in than spend $100 million or whatever it could have been to get him in. And I just don't see why either of them would want to leave McLaren right now. Yeah, and also, as you were saying, why they want to leave, wouldn't want to leave McLaren, but if McLaren starts delivering what the drivers want from the car and the car gets better and they, they can actually race Red Bull, then why do you want to swap when I can beat you on the track? And I'm not going to walk into Max's team. <laughs> this is my team. So it, if McLaren deliver all the, all the potential they're promising, um, the drivers have no reason to move on. I mean, for what it's worth, just to put a name in the mix here, um, and this is probably someone that I think, again, all the big teams are looking at, we've already talked about already, if something creative was to happen in 2025, Carlos Sainz is probably top of the list. 
to go out and go for. And I know he has history with McLaren. And I know McLaren may not be overly keen to possibly bring him back after leaving them suddenly to go to Ferrari uh, a few years back. But for me, I just couldn't think of a better driver to put into that car right now on the current grid or of the prospects available that you would want to get in to replace someone like Piastri or Norris at the last minute. Bring back Carlando. <laughs> Bring back <laughs> Carlando. Well, yeah, not a bad idea, but um, I'm not sure if uh, Lando will beat McLaren if Carlos yeah. gets the call to come back. But uh, he's out of contract in 2024, signed, so he certainly has options. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Lee. Same lineup at McLaren. All the right reasons. I just don't see why Norris and Piastri would leave uh, for 2024. It's definitely not Piastri. Absolutely no yeah. reason to. He has it all to gain. If Lando Norris decides to go elsewhere, he, that team will be built around him and I'm sure he'll reap the benefits of it. Um, McLaren have an incredible lineup. I don't see that changing next year at all. Aston Martin, Lee. I'm going to come to you first on this one. Ooh, um, I've been a bit of wishful thinking, maybe. Are definitely a brave choices I've put here. Um, so I'll start off with the non-surprise, Fernando Alonso. Um, to stay on. Obviously, Fernando will keep going as long as he's fast, he's enjoying the sport, um, and he's bringing the results. Um, I don't see that changing for next year. Mm. I mean, what However, looks like what looks like a good year for, for Aston Martin in 2024? Do they need to stay in the same place that they were, like finish fifth, or do they need to make more progress than that to convince Alonso to stay another year? I think for them, they need to realistically be aiming for a race win. Obviously, a lot of teams are aiming for that race win after the the exclusivity that Red Bull had on the top step. Um, but I think for Fernando and the his current plan or where he obviously wants to be world champion again, I think Aston would need to be aiming for a race win. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, where is our plan going to be, yeah. of course? Um, but my surprise prediction is... Stroll is moved on to a different category and leaves Formula One. Mm. And Yuki Tsunoda. Okay. Martin. I had funny enough, I I put Tsunoda in my not my confirmed list. I he was a driver that I considered for that seat. Anything to do with a Honda connection? Given oh, that yeah, definitely Honda, the Honda connection. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I, They're I mean, gonna want the Japanese driver and, of course, and, yeah. He's going to be available, and yes, it's a year early before the Honda contract engine comes in, but year to embed in the team. Um, so that, that's why I think he'll end up in Aston Martin. Yeah, it's a good shout. And um, the arrangement, though, I suppose, with uh, Aston Martin and Honda is going to be a bit different to what they had with Red Bull. So in terms of influence on driver decisions, I don't know if they'll be able to strong-arm Aston Martin into putting Sonoda in that car. I think if they do put him in that car, it's going to have to be on merit rather than just being, we want the Japanese driver in our car because that's, you know, because we're the power unit providers. So it's a good choice. I, I did consider that as well. Um, obviously, we talked about Fernando Alonso uh, staying in that seat. I think he'll stay in that seat as well. He's got the option, I think, of another year. Even though his contract is up at the end of the season, I think it was a two plus one deal that he signed. Yeah. So he has got the option of another year if he wants to, which I'm I'm sure if as long as Aston Martin's competitive and he's still doing what he's doing, I don't see any reason why they won't continue. Um, 
I'm going to be very boring and unpopular again. I'm I'm going to say they're going to stick with the same lineup. Stroll. Um, I think Stroll is still going to be in that car because he's on a rolling contract, isn't he? So he'll yeah. just get another new deal. I don't see that changing until at least 2026. I think as long as Lance, Lance has a big year ahead of him. He has to prove to himself. He has to prove to his father and the rest of the F1 world that he is capable of mixing it up with the best. Last season, yes, he was hampered by injuries. Um, and we didn't see the best of him until later, much later in the year. He needs to be more consistent, of course. I think this is a big year for him. I think he needs to convince himself that this is definitely, um, well, he's definitely capable of being able to deliver with a bigger team. Um, but I just don't see him leaving, at least until 2026. I think... Again, there are drivers out there that Aston Martin are keeping tabs on potentially for their car going forward. I just feel that certain dominoes have to fall and for Lance himself to think, you know what, I've had enough um, to see another change happen in that team, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, make of that what you will. But we're we're halfway through the grid, Lee. And just to recap, Red Bull, you've gone with Verstappen, Ricardo, Mercedes, Hamilton, Russell, of course. Ferrari, you've gone for the Claire and Albon, McLaren, Norris and Piastri, and Aston Martin, you've gone Alonso and Sonoda. So you've made three changes so far. My grid is exactly the same. I Boring. haven't made one change yet. <laughs> Stop playing it safe, Adam. <laughs> I, look, I thought about it and thought, do I want to try and be crazy and try and be viral, or do I want to be honest and actually try at this? Um, and I've gone with the latter, clearly. I can assure you, though, Lee, not one of the remaining teams left is going to be the same lineup as it was in 2024. So I have made changes. They've oh, just okay, come in the good. back half of the grid <laughs> rather than the top five. Every team after this has a change of some sort. So you will be glad to hear that one in part two. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's move on. Welcome back, of course, to part two. We've already covered the top five teams in terms of uh, the constructor standards, of course, at Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren and Aston Martin. The next team that we're predicting for 2025 is Alpine. I'm going to kick us off with this one, Lee. I'm going Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda. The bromance is coming back <laughs> and it's going to happen at Alpine. Ocon is going to leave and we'll find out where I've put him afterwards. And I've got a funny feeling, Sonoda, I think Sonoda's going to be uh, the falling domino, if you like, who's going to fall out from Visa Cash at Red Bull or Alpha Tauri, whatever. Um, because obviously in this merry-go-round, Perez doesn't move on in my list. So Ricardo stays, Lawson gets the promotion into the Alpha Tauri seat that he was promised 
last season that he was going to be there in 2025. Sonoda, I think Gasly is going to put in a good word in Alpine for him. And I think Sonoda is going to have a decent season. And I feel like Alpine will look around at a driver that is not only affordable, I think, or at least at the very least a similar price range to what they were paying Ocon, probably make a little bit of a saving at there. And I think a driver that is starting to grow year on year. And I think that's what Alpine would want. They want that harmony, that dynamic between um, Gasly and his teammate. And um, and personally, I just think that, uh, well, I mean, we've heard in the past about the Alpine drivers this last season, even though they weren't sort of having too many uh, tussles or anything that was reported in the press other than what we saw at Melbourne. Gasly did quite openly say that it was a lot of work to maintain that harmony and balance with Ocon at the team last season. So I just feel that Alpine may want to think about that and bring in a driver that Gasly has a a rapport with. And I can't think of anyone better than Yuki Tsunoda. It's a solid um, shout. I completely understand the reasoning with that. that I do agree that I think long-term Pierre and um, Esteban aren't a, a pairing that will work. Um, just because of that history and you said the amount of effort it takes just to maintain that peace. Um, and they're not even fighting for a championship. <laughs> so you imagine if they were fighting for a championship, there would be complete and utter chaos in that team. Um, but for me, I've gone boring and I've said it's going to be the same for 25. I don't see any change on that team until 26. See who's being boring now. Yeah, mm. it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a fair point. I mean, Alpine last season, perhaps we didn't see this driver pairing flare up like we expected it to because there was literally nothing to fight for except personal pride. We saw some signs of it starting to uh, envelop within the team. Vegas was a good example when they weren't really obeying team orders, but it was other than personal pride and standing in the championship. And I just feel that this team is shifting towards Gasly now. And for that reason, I think Ocon is a driver that looks likely to move on. Williams. Now, would you like to go first on Williams, Lee? Oh, I think you'll like my Williams prediction. I've got a funny feeling I will. <laughs> um, so I will start with um, a driver that you've gone on about quite a lot. Uh, that will get you excited is Theo Porcher. Okay. Uh, Williams. I was not expecting Porcher, to be honest. Um, and the second one would be Frederick Vesti. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting. So we're talking the top two guys from the F2 Championship last season. Yeah. Okay, please do uh, elaborate why a very unlikely lineup. I must admit, I don't think many people would have predicted that one. So I'm keen to hear your rationale for it. Okay, um, so I'll start with Porcher. Um Obviously, he's, I don't know what they call it now. Is it, he must be the... Um, the kick um, junior program or whatever they want to call it, or is it still the Sauber junior program? <laughs> but the, he, he's still a, a junior driver for that uh, establishment, be it Sauber, be it um, stake, be it kick, be it whatever you want to call it. It's, he's a junior dr- uh, driver for that. Say so stake um, so much. I really fancy a stake bait from Greg's now all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's probably the most relatable thing I've said on this podcast in the four yeah. years we've been doing this. So, uh, um, yeah, that's not related to the team at all. <laughs> well, I'd much rather do get a stake bait than gamble, although, yeah. you know, I, people know me. No, I'm not really partaking that sort of thing, of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I think because he's currently a junior, I think we'll get to the predictions of the team obviously later. But 
for me, he'll get fed up with the lack of opportunity and he wants to move to Formula One um, and he will be offered the seat at Williams due to my um, prediction that obviously Alex has moved on. Um, I also think Logan will not keep his seat for 25. So it'd be complete blank slate. So Williams will entice Porcher to join them. Um, so he could be on the grid. And Frederick Vestry being obviously a Mercedes junior pro driver. And Mercedes obviously need to be thinking a long term. Obviously, they've got the dual Russell to lead the team forward. But they need to think long term, who's going to replace Lewis? And they need to bring in... They want to bring in their junior drivers into the sport to evaluate them to see if can they work alongside George. Be it Lewis if he got retires in 26 or if Lewis is around for another four or five years. I don't know. I'm just, for example, but they want to bring up the next driver to evaluate. Uh, so I think it's very likely that Frederick will um, be in Williams um, to obviously just start that evaluation process and their experience gaining. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, as far as Teo Porcher is concerned, Lee, even though I I agree, I think the F2 champion should be afforded an F1 seat somewhere, feasibly possible, of course, that's always an issue. Has Paul Chair done enough, in your opinion, or impressed enough to say he should definitely be in Formula One? For me, I the bits of racing I saw, yeah, I thought they were quite impressive. Um, to be enough in Formula One, it's a very hard question, but I would like to see him in a Formula One car personally, obviously I'm not a Formula 1 prince, a team principal, personally I'd like to see him in a Formula 1 car to see what he could achieve. He may be unfortunately be able to nick DeVry in the last six months and he's not good enough. Um, which is obviously a disservice to Nick because obviously he's still a, a, a world champion in another category. Um, but the I would love to see uh, Porcher in, in Formula 1 just to see what he can achieve and I think he deserves that chance. But again, yeah. that's that's just my feeling, but I, I do think he'll he'll be in. That's my prediction. Obviously, he's going to be in Williams. Yeah, because I wonder. You know, we we talk about poor chair and say, you know, this is a driver with a lot of potential, and I certainly was one of them not too long ago that was really backing him. I just don't feel he's even though he won the F two championship, I don't really think he dominated it to a degree where in a without being disrespectful to the other drivers in the series, in a less than spectacular F2 grid that we saw last season, I don't think I could make a case to say poor chair stood out as an absolutely brilliant driver in that group. And remember, Lee, this was the same group that Felipe Drugovic dominated the year before. True. And look what he's doing. He's not in an F1 seat. And I don't, I don't expect to see him in an F1 seat at all. I, I feel like... The opportunity just wasn't there for him to get him on the grid. And when you've got someone like Logan Sargent getting on the grid ahead of him, who finished fourth in the championship that Djokovic dominated, I just don't see where that opportunity would be for poor chair, unfortunately. Um, not in the same way that we saw Piastri dominate a couple of years ago, you know, who driver poor chair was competing with in Formula 3. And a lot of people at the time thought poor chair was going to be the better of the two. And as we can see, you know, Piastri has gone leaps and bounds and he's in one of the top teams in F1 and poor chair right now isn't in an F1 seat. Vesti, for the same reason, if you can't make the argument for poor chair, I can't make the argument for Vesti either. But I can understand the logic with the Mercedes back in. Maybe that is a route in, um, but we'll have to see. Uh, for me, I've gone for Williams. I've gone, well, I'll start with the second seat first. 
I've gone with Kimi Antonelli. So along the same lines as you, Lee, Mercedes wanted to get their young drivers in. I think more than Vesti, much more than Vesti, this is the guy that Mercedes have been waiting for to potentially challenge George Russell as being the future at Mercedes. And Mercedes have to think post-Hamilton because we don't know when that will be. It could be at the end of 25, it could be in 26, it could be beyond that, by which time Kimi Antonelli will potentially be ready. And this is a driver, that a young driver, that there's been a lot of hype and potential around. He's been expedited into Formula 2 from Formula Regional Alpine. He's been very impressive, and I can't wait to see how he gets on in F2 alongside Ollie Behrman, another exciting young prospect within the Ferrari Driver Academy. I think Antonelli... It's going to be in that Williams seat in 2025. And with James Vowles there, I think it's the perfect environment for Antonelli to really hone his craft in the same way that George Russell did, although be it hopefully in a much more competitive car than George had to deal with. And we're really going to see what this kid can do. And if he is potentially the future at Mercedes. So I think that's definitely one to look out for. Um, And the other seat, I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas. And... The reason why I've gone with Bottas, because I could have put Bottas in a few teams on this list. I just think Bottas is going to look for something different. I don't think Audi really want Valtteri Bottas in that car in 2026. So I feel like they're going to move him on. And I think the connection to Total Wolf and Williams and James Vowles, and also with the opportunity to drive a decent car, pick up a decent wage, because Bottas isn't cheap, but use his experience to help nurture someone like Antonelli I think that's a good environment at Williams a solid driver lineup with the you know the upcoming hotshot with all the potential in the world and the established experienced solid driver we know Bottas still is he had a decent season last season but there were so many reasons why things didn't work out at Alfa Romeo not all his own doing and I think Williams might be a a nice place for him to spend the final years of his career nurturing potentially the future of this sport so that's why I put him in Williams. I think it's the right place for him. And, and more importantly, that's why I've moved Albon elsewhere as well. Because obviously he lost his seat as well as Sargent. Um, Albon, I think, has moved on because of the Antonelli factor. I think he knows that Antonelli is going to get that back in from Williams because of the Mercedes connection. And I don't think Albon will want to play second fiddle to that kind of driver. So that's why I've moved him on as well. Um, and yeah, you moved Albon to Ferrari. So obviously he's gone on to bigger and better things. <laughs> Yeah. And it seems we're both of the agreement, well, before we move on, that Logan Sargent is not going to be able to do enough to keep his seat in 2025. Yeah, unfortunately not. As I, Personally, I'm surprised that he got his extension for this year. But I, I don't think he'll do enough to get a, a 25 drive, although I'll happily be proven wrong. Um, I don't think he will do enough to do it. But I, don't know, I do want to add on that Antonelli. And merely, it'll be... I, I didn't I debated um, him, but I didn't think he would be quite experienced um, just yet to be to be considered for twenty five. Um, that's why I didn't include him. But I did think about um, Antonelli when I was I, I'm thinking of Vesti. Um, I knew there'd be a Mercedes junior driver well, coming in. I just had to predict which one. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, usually before a big rule change it's always a good idea to try and embed your drivers in for at least a year and if Antonelli has the season that I think a lot of people we expect him to do in F2 I think he'll definitely be in F1 in 2025 all I'll say 
to those watching, like in F2 is going to be a great season. I think it's going to be a very, very high caliber lineup. We've got a lot of top drivers from Japanese super formula coming in and obviously some young rookies from F3, Antonelli being one of them and established drivers in their second season, like uh, Oli Behrman, for example, you know, that Prima team is definitely going to be the one to look out for, in my opinion, uh, amongst many other solid drivers. And of course the new cars as well, which will add an extra bit of spice to it going forward. So to confirm at Williams, before we move on, I've gone with Bottas and Antonelli. And Lee, you've gone with Teo Porcher and Frederick Vesti. So new lineups all round at Williams. Let's go to Visa Cash App Red Bull or Alpha Tauri, or if you want to call them Toro Rosso, you can. Um, well, I've gone with Ricardo and Lawson. Already mentioned my reasons for those two anyway. Lawson, Red Bull, saying to him he was going to have a seat in that team at 2025. Ricardo, I just feel that... Red Bull won't trust him enough to promote him into that seat alongside Max Verstappen. Um, but, of course, from a marketing perspective and what Ricardo can offer, he's a very solid driver to have around in 2025. So that's my choice there. What have you gone with, Lee? Uh, so I agree with you that Liam Lawson will be in the car in 25. Um, however, my prediction is Sergio Perez will be driving for Visa Cash App. Um mainly for the similar reasons. That is a solid pair of hands. Um, I don't think he will drive terribly. And obviously he did, as I said earlier, he did a brilliant um, drive for, or he got what the team wanted last year. Uh, and he it gives that good mentoring pair of hands to Liam. Well, not that um, Liam didn't drive well when he drove last year, um, but it gives that solid experience hand to lead the team, encourage the, the younger driver into the future. And obviously help um, drive the team forward and hopefully with Sergio being away from out of the max pressure cooker he can refine some of his form um, and bring the team uh, forward is that what you're going to call him this season max pressure cooker Verstappen yeah <laughs> well it's going to be loads of analogies I'm sure I think of them throughout the season yeah there'll be loads of them okay so that makes a lot of sense uh, let's move on to Steak the team that mm. will eventually be known as Audi. <laughs> um, Lee, I'm going to come to you first on this one, because this one, there's a host of drivers that could potentially be in this team in 2025, at least. Um, drivers, I imagine, that will be in there with a view to try and benefit from what it will become when it becomes Audi in 2026. So who have you put in the state car? Okay, I'll start with the one I said earlier on the Ferrari preview is Carlos Sainz will be at stake. Um, and I think he will be alongside Valtteri Bottas. Okay. And it, um, an experienced lineup. Obviously, Valtteri's obviously been in the team already for several years. Carlos embeds himself. And then obviously, under the, the, the view with both of them, that coming under Audi, two experienced drivers can help lead the team, develop the car. Because I agree with what you said when the Ferrari point that Bearing, well, barring some technical miracle with Audi that they have an amazing engine or aerodynamics are really on point, um, they won't be in a winning car in 26. But having those experienced drivers embedded in the team will be able to lead that development forward. Um, and I think that will benefit Audi uh, greatly into 27. So I think that's why, that's, uh, why I think they'll go with those two solid hands for the future of the then Audi project. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because signs, yeah, I totally understand that. Um, and I think that's a good shout. Um, they do need a marquee driver in there. I think signs would fit that bill for them. Uh, and Bottas is a safe pair of hands that they've known for a while now. And obviously, they wouldn't mind that stability in the team. Um, as long as it's, of course, helped by the marquee driver, whoever that will be, if that's Carlos. Uh, and good for that. I should add with signs, they don't want a different category, but obviously Carlos Sainz Senior did win um, Dakar with Audi. Was it Dakar? Mm. Yeah, no, so that's there, right. There yeah. is the, the family relationship already there with the manufacturer. Why not chuck them both in? Why not father <laughs> and son team? You know, he's only 61. Old Carlos Senior is not old at all. Um, so, yeah, so that's your list there. We've gone with Carlos Sainz Jr. and Valtteri Bottas, although I'm sure Senior wouldn't mind being in that car as well. I've gone with Esteban Ocon and Alex Albon in that car. Going in for different reasons, but both of them trying to get away from where they currently are to go somewhere where they feel could be the big platform for them in their Formula One careers. Ocon, as I said already, I feel like even though Alpine are happy to have him there, I feel that that will become Gasly's team more and more so over the next year or so. So I think he will look for an option. And that step in his career that he's hoping for, you know, the Hamilton kind of step when he went to Mercedes from McLaren. Um, it's not really worked out for Ocon. Obviously, he went into Alpine with hopes that things would be better after what went down at Racing Point. That's not really worked out for him in the way he would have won. Of course, he has won a race. We shouldn't forget that. And that was a big moment. But I don't think that's enough, in my opinion, to convince Alpine that he is their guy going forward. I'm convinced that they're going to be back in Gasly more and more going forward. And um, I think he will look at Audi as a potential possible destination to go and try and revitalize his career and really emerge as one of the leading talents in the sport. Alex Albon, in that other seat, leaving Williams for different reasons because I think that that is going to shift more towards Antonelli and Mercedes will be a big influencer on that. And I think he will look at Audi in the same way that Ocon does as an opportunity to cash in and while his stake is as high as he's ever been at the moment, it must be said for Alex Albon, but he may fancy his chances in a team there and try and have a similar effect of what Ocon might be hoping for in a new team like that. I think that's a quite exciting lineup personally. I'd be very intrigued to see how that one got on. Um, and I think that's the sort of lineup that I think Audi would want. I don't think they want to a driver in there that's quite experienced and happy to make up the numbers and be solid. I think they want two young, ambitious drivers that have experience, of course, both of them do, and are ready to hit the peak of their powers when this team will need them to do so. So that's what I've gone with. I've gone with Ocon and Alex Albon. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good um, driver pairing um, they, they go for that and yeah I completely agree um, with your reasoning there that two solid experienced drivers that would have the hunger to prove themselves outside of the shadow of their previous teammates mm. okay so let's move on to our final team Haas Lee I'm going to let you go first on this one who is in the Haas car in 2025 okay um, so for me uh, Oli um, Beerman would be in the Haas car alongside Joe Granu. It's exactly what I've got. Exactly. <laughs> we finally agree on something. Well, we've agreed on some. I mean, yeah, McLaren, but those, Mercedes. Were, 
Yeah, but those are the <laughs> easy ones. This was one where we were really tested. So it's nice to see we fought similar in this regard. But uh, why? If you, so first things first, um, obviously Joe Guan Yu loses his seat at stake. Yeah. Um, why have Huss picked him up, Lee? This I'm, I'm pretty much certain that you're going to say exactly what I'm thinking. But for the benefit, what? why Joe at Huss? For me, Joe at Haas is the... He's a solid driver. He hasn't done anything amazing. I'm not going to say he has, but he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't done loads of crashes. He hasn't cost the team, uh, his current team, um, wasting money and obviously the cost gap error. But what he does bring to the team, apart from obviously his solid average finishing, is the advertising and marketing potential to from the Chinese market. Obviously, China is a very big market that Formula One really wants to break and crack. And having a Chinese driver and the Chinese sponsorship, and we know that we've done in previous episode that Gene Haas doesn't want to give any more money to the team. So having that sponsorship um, and the extra money coming into the team for the Chinese market will enable the team to obviously invest further or use better use of their resources to drive that team forward um, and hopefully obviously complete Gene's vision of where they say they're underutilizing uh, what they currently have. I absolutely agree. Um, and I, I, I can't really add too much more to that. That's, it sounds exactly like the sort of sign that I'd imagine Gene Haas would want to make in a post Gunfersteiner world at Haas where they're looking to get extra revenue in. Joe is a perfect opportunity to capitalise on that Chinese market, which F1, of course, hasn't been able to do yet because we haven't had a Chinese Grand Prix since Joe has been in F1. Obviously, we know why that is, um, but there you go. Ollie Behrman, um, well, this one I think is much more straightforward. Again, like Kimi Antonelli, I think he's got a lot of potential. Young Ferrari driver in his second year in F2 this season. I think he's definitely one of my favourites to win the series. And... It, Haas is a great place for him to embed himself in F1, like Ferrari would have hoped Mick Schumacher did, but hopefully this time with a bit more success. Is there any much, anything else you'd want to add on to that as to why you put Behrman in at Haas, Lee? Well, um, as you said, he's the part of the Ferrari Junior Program, um, being in the bottom end of the grid, going out the pressure cooker. Um, maybe there'd be a difference being the junior driver um, without Gunter Steiner as much as we've touched in previously and about Gunter in the sport um, having that different attitude as a team principal maybe find more helpful to a junior driver development um, however the I know we said obviously Charles extension um, and he's still a young driver but Ferrari need to think again long term it's always there who's their next future so having in the, the young driver in um, and evaluate um, Ollie and see how he develops at the, in, out of the top of the grid. And um, obviously enable Ferrari to decide, do we want him in Ferrari at a young age like they did with Charles himself? Or do we move on to a, a look at another driver like they did with Mick and go on to their, their new future? Um, so it's all part of their development future for their, hopefully their future world champion. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, this lineup is very much the anti-Gunfersteiner lineup, 
really. Yeah. Um, he was always, he never liked having rookies in his car. And the only time he did put rookies in there is when Gene Huss was putting pressure to try and raise revenue. Um, and this lineup, obviously Behrman comes with the Ferrari back in, but, and the technical partnership that comes there. So I'm sure Ferrari will have more of an influence on one of those seats um, as the last couple of years, probably not so much. And of course, Joe Guan Yu. Uh, you know, Joe himself, he's been okay. I don't think if he has another year like he did last season, I don't think he would have done enough to stay in stake at least. Um, and I think they'll be looking ahead to the Audi element in 2026. And I think Huss will take that opportunity as, as you've already pointed out. So that is our full list. Just to confirm for the benefit of our audio listeners on this one, Lee, I'm just going to recap what we've done. So correct me if I've missed got any of yours wrong as we go along, but at Red Bull, you've gone with... Verstappen and Ricardo, Mercedes, no change there, Hamilton, Russell, Ferrari, you've gone with Leclerc and Alex Albon, McLaren, no changes there, Norris and Piastri, Aston Martin, you've gone Alonso and Sonoda, Alpine, remembering right, you no changes there, Gasly yeah. and Ocon still there, Williams, you've gone with Porcher and Vesti in an all new lineup there, AlphaTauri or Visa Cash at Red Bull, blah, 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 you've gone with Perez and Lawson in stake, which will become Audi in 2026. You've gone with Sainz and Bottas. And at Haas, you've gone with Joe and Ollie Behrman. Correct. Got those all right. Yep. Brilliant. My list, just to confirm for those keeping score, I've gone with a no-change lineup at Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, and Aston Martin. All the same. Boring, I know. (laughs) The next half, much more exciting. Alpine, I've gone Gasly, Sonoda, Williams, Bottas, and Kimi Antonelli, Alpha Tauri, Ricardo, and Lawson, Stake, Ocon, and Albon, and Haas, Joe, and Behrman. Or... Nice and accounted for. What the F1 grid will be in 2025, we'll have to wait and see. And I'm sure, Lee, you and I will react to this one when we get to 2026, in addition to the 2026 lineup, of course, that we predicted. But guys, let us know what your predictions are for 2025. Do you agree with our list? Do you have some variations? Is there anyone that neither myself or Lee have mentioned that you would put on the grid for 2025? Do Hulkenberg and Magnussen keep their seats in F1. We haven't talked about those ones, Lee. No, they Uh, didn't in our predictions. (laughs) No, they didn't feature in our predictions at all. I mean, for the same reason, I just think, you know, obviously their lineup that we've predicted is going to be much cheaper for them. And I think that's going to be part of it. And um, I just don't really see where else they can go, unfortunately. I mean, Magnus and Kate, both of them came back into F1 through opportunity when their careers looked dead in the water as far as F1 is concerned. I don't feel that that's going to happen again. And I think we'll see a different change at Haas now that Gunther yeah. Steiner has moved. I mean, if Gunther was still at the team, he'd probably stick with that lineup for 2025. But um, this is not Gunther Steiner's team anymore. But as I said, guys, let us know. If there's anyone else that we haven't mentioned on this list, do let us know your thoughts and uh, make sure to like the uh, like the podcast, follow us on your favourite pod platform and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. It really does help us out a lot, guys. I know it's we keep asking about it, but it really does help us. So we'd appreciate your support in that one. But until next time, guys, we'll be back with another episode. And in the next episode, I'm going to be speaking with Glenn Freeman from the Race F1 podcast. And of course, the host of Bring Back the V10s to talk all things Mercedes and their prospects for 2024. So until then, thanks for tuning in as always. Please stay safe and we will see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And remember, as always, if you're not first, you're probably DNF1. Take care.
Social Podcast Network.